Welcome to Scale Up and Grow, a podcast from Turning Point Training and Development, where we discuss everything you need to know for your own personal and professional development and growth. Here's your host, Mary Ricketts. Okay, so I want to talk about um, something that goes on in the workplace, something that every manager, every leader has. We try not to. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's super obvious. And it's about favoritism and favoritism in the workplace. I want to give you some tips and share with you a little bit about what to do when you see it happening in the workplace Uh it's funny, haha, but it's not funny, haha, because as leaders and managers, we we do our best not to do this. And usually, what it is, it's really not. Oh, I really, really like someone better. They just may be easier for that manager or leader or boss to deal with when it comes to personality styles and behavior. We laugh about it in our own families when uh, I I'll be I tell my mom all the time. I know my sister's your favorite. You know, blah blah blah, because I think she really is. But when it comes to the workplace, that's that's kind of a no-no. And we really need to figure out ways to deal with this. So I want to give you some ways to reduce favoritism in the workplace. I'm going to give you some tips on what to do when you're the favorite and you know when you are, just as I want to give you some tips what to do when you're not the favorite. So let's talk about this. When your boss plays favorites, it really can take a heavy toll on your emotional well-being and productivity. Your morale might dwindle when you see that outright obvious, apparently less deserving co-worker receiving, you know, the best assignments, you know, the, the plum assignments, the they're getting the best hours, everything they need, they get, they, they you know what it looks like. We know what it looks like. But then on the other hand, even if you happen to be the one in favor, there can still be a downside when management behaves unprofessionally. So let's talk about taking control of that situation. I want to give you some suggestions to help you stay motivated and shine at your job, even if your boss engages in, let's just call it preferential treatment. Okay, let's first talk about what to do when you're the favorite. Being your boss's favorite. And let's be honest, sometimes it really, it sounds like we are cream of the crop. It may feel like, you know, we just won the lottery. However, there are some potential pitfalls that you may want to prepare for. So let me give you, I'll probably give you like four or five strategies to make um, your workplace a little bit more equitable. It should not be your role and responsibility. It really should be the leader's responsibility, but we all have a role to play in this. Here's the first thing I want you to think about. Challenge yourself. If your boss places few demands on you, create your own opportunities for you to learn and grow. Sign up for training courses. Uh, volunteer for some of the tough assignments. Okay, Think about how that will benefit you as well as the opportunity that it can show your your coworkers and your peers. So that's the first one. Challenge yourself. If your boss is placing few demands on you, create your own opportunities. 
to learn and grow. Okay. The next one I want you to think about is ask for feedback. When it's pleasant to receive praise from your supervisor, you also need critical feedback to assess your performance and what's your true potential. So let your boss know that you appreciate suggestions about areas where you need to grow. Find colleagues and the coworkers, the ones that you can trust, and ask them to tell you how you're really doing. The next thing I want you to think about, share the spotlight. Okay, share the spotlight. Minimize conflicts and resentments by sharing your advantages with others. So divide up the credit when when it makes sense and when it's obvious that this is a team effort so that there are team victories and you make the first move to really strive to create an inclusive workplace. Listen, it is never one by one person. It, it just isn't. Even, even the years of being in sales, the years of being in leadership and management, you don't win by yourself ever. Somebody else is a part of that team. If you think of, of, a, of the auto industry, the person who puts on the brakes is just as important as the one who installs the engine, right? Share the spotlight, share the glory, okay? It will help you minimize conflicts and resentments coming from your coworkers and your peers, okay? Encourage professionalism. You may even be able to use your position to help management reduce favoritism, okay? Support trainings and other programs that really support fair policies and practices in your organization or your team. Be a positive role model for impartiality, okay? If you have employees who report to you, okay, think about if you're being the person that all the favoritism is coming to, think about how powerful your role and position is to help reduce that, okay? Think about going to the manager, going to that leader and say, you know what? I love that I keep getting these opportunities, but I would really love to share this with so-and-so on my team, or, you know, here's two or three others that, you know, I think we really should consider taking on this responsibility and taking on this role. The last one I want to point out to you when it comes uh, to you being the one who's being uh, the, the boss's favorite is look ahead. Keep in mind that your preferred status could change. It could change overnight (laughs) based on what your career path on your achievements instead of relying on being buddies with your boss. Okay. Think about that. Look long-term. Leaders change. Your boss can change tomorrow. Your boss can change next week. Uh, Your boss's attitude towards you could change. Anything could happen. You know, one of the things we, we forget about, um, we, especially depending on the size of your organization, if you have an HR team or if you have a union, you know, we can have all type of conflicts pop up. It does feel good when we are the favorite because it seems like a lighter load. Keep in mind, it is not. It is not a lighter load for you because someone else sees it. Someone else is watching, even if they're not saying anything directly to you and if they're not saying anything directly to the leader. 
Okay. Now let's talk about the other side of that. Let's flip the coin over a little bit. Let's talk about what to do when you're not the favorite. This is, <laughs> this is the uncomfortable spot. Does your boss forget your name? You know, but then does that same boss take the guys, you know, in the next cubicle out to lunch every week, you know, or the ladies? Does it matter what's going on that makes you feel like you are left out consistently? Let me tell you something. And we have to also be careful when we're talking about some things that have been traditionally one gender or the next, especially when it comes to certain activities. Let's talk about golf. 30 years ago uh, in corporate America, there, were, there weren't any women in the office that I worked with that golfed, none. So when there were golf tournaments and, you know, we're sponsoring a golf event or it's a golf outing, it was always the guys. It was always the guys. And I can remember one year, I was like, you know, enough is enough. Uh, I don't know how to play golf, but I was an athlete, you know, through school. I'm going to go out here with you all. Show me what to do then. We had some golf tournaments, I'll never forget. And it was a, uh, it was, it was a scramble. Um, it was best ball. It was something back then. But guess what? No, I'm going to actually hit a few balls. I may skip a whole bunch, but when I, when I feel like it, I'm going to hit a few balls. Guess what? Now I actually do golf. Think about when you felt left out. Okay. Think about what you could do to also make some adjustments of that. So let me give you some tips on that. I want to give you some tips for really reinforcing your sense of self-worth, okay? One, strengthen your skills. Focus on increasing your capacity. Think about the golf story. Either I can keep complaining that the guys always go golfing or I can make a choice and golf. If all the guys are going to the sporting events, Either I need to learn to like them or I need to find something else that I can start inviting others to do, especially if it's affecting my, you know, my business relationships, um, the in, internal networking that I need to do. Okay. Put your heart into your work, regardless of whether your boss notices. Okay. The next thing I want you to think about is advocate for yourself. I finally had to. I had to learn how to how to do it. It's not always the most comfortable thing to do, depending on your personality style and behavior. But advocate for yourself. Open doors for yourself. Raise your visibility inside and outside of your company by participating, whether it's meetings, whether it's participating in writing reports and, and proposing new ideas. I love writing blogs, but I don't like writing reports. But let me give input where I can so that I can participate. Advocate for yourself. The next thing I want you to think about, ooh, this one might be a little tough. This one might be a little tough depending on the situation and the culture of your organization that you're at. Stay neutral. Stay neutral. Resist the urge to take a rejection personally. Okay. Be friendly. Be friendly and helpful towards your boss. I already hear some of your voices right now saying, Mary, you have no idea what it's like to work in that environment. You're right. But guess what? You're probably not the first one to have to deal with it. And you probably won't be the last. 
So think about how you can stay neutral and resist that urge to take it personally. Resist the urge to snap. Resist the urge to respond in such a way that you can't recuperate from that. Okay, so think about staying neutral. One of the things that I teach uh, leaders that that I coach, and I'm talking about some folks that have been in leadership for over 30 years. It's a quote that actually came, I believe it's John Maxwell, that says, great leaders ask great questions. Your leadership has nothing to do with title and position. So if your boss (laughs) is not treating you like a favorite, or you feel like you're the, the one that's not in any position of favoritism, when you ask great questions to that boss, to that leader, to the one that you report to, it causes them to pause and think for a minute. I'm not saying it's going to fix anything overnight, but start asking, you know, what? I noticed that when you all golf, you, you didn't ask me to attend. Tell, you know, tell me why. And usually it could be I'm not saying it's a reason. It could be a good excuse. But, well, Mayor, I didn't think you golf. How do you know you never asked? I actually actually golf quite well now. <laughs> but whatever it is, think about it. Think about staying neutral. The other thing that ties right into that is talk with your boss. If possible, try to maintain an effective communication with your supervisor, ask for one-on-one meetings, clarify their expectations so you know their priorities, and then you can, you know, channel and adjust your time and resources accordingly. Don't let someone keep pushing you in a corner and you just take it without at least having calm, respectful, professional conversations and communications about what their expectations are from you, um, as well as sharing your expectations. He said, you know, one of the things, you know, I expect is to be a part of the team. So if there's ever an opportunity for me to participate, please ask me versus assume that I may not be interested. You'd be surprised at the things that I truly enjoy doing from axe throwing to horseshoe throwing to golfing to playing shooting pool, whatever it is. For those of you who don't uh, partake in uh, certain foods or certain beverages, if you know you don't like sushi and they're going to lunch for sushi, go you know why there is something on that menu that I bet you could find that you like or that you could at least tolerate. Even, you know, those that don't drink, if they have happy hour, you can still go to happy hour. Doesn't mean you have to drink alcohol if that's not your thing. You can order a soda. You can order a virgin daiquiri or whatever. You can still be present, okay? The next thing I want you to think about is seek common ground, okay? It may also help to find some mutual interest that you and your boss can talk about. Research their background to see if they share your passion for scuba diving or or swimming or pets or growing a garden. It doesn't matter. Maybe you both grew up in small towns or minor in drama at college. Let me tell you one of the things I love to do when we start a training class. I love doing a dessert question. That's one of the icebreakers I truly love. Everyone gets to state what their favorite dessert is. Let me tell you, it is so hilarious when you get 
five people to say ice cream, two people that mention key lime pie, and then you always have one. Okay, almost always. I hate using always. Almost always there's one in the room that says, I'm really not a sweets person. Great. After dinner, what do you enjoy? Think about that. But I keep it simple, but it's so cool to hear the differences as well as the similarities. And so then it was, okay, we got two key lime pie people in here. Okay, are we talking homemade? And you would, it's it's amazing how people then can find some similarities in what they do. Asking people, did you grow up in a big city or did you grow up in a rural town? Did you go to public school? Did you go to private school? Did you go to both? Find some common ground. The next thing I want you to do is build other relationships. While you're trying to make progress with your boss, you can also cultivate other connections that will be beneficial to your career and your level of job satisfaction. (laughs) If you are in an organization that is large enough and there are other supervisors and managers and leaders there, consider how you can connect to somebody else. If your boss is not the only boss in, in the place, Think about how you can connect with others or find out what common ground you may have with another leader. Reach out to your peers at work and in other companies. Attend networking events. Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself a mentor. Now watch this. If you're not going to find a mentor within your organization, think about finding one outside of your company. One of the great things to think about you know, especially when you're dealing with internal things is ask your boss, say, hey, listen, I know, I know you are so, so busy. Who could you suggest that would have time to mentor me for, you know, the next, the next move, you know, the next move that I want to make, you know, within the company, you know, here's the benefit of it not being you is, you know, I get to work with you every day. Who should I, who should I think about mentoring me? Think of how you could word that. The next one, I think that's, that's really, really important. Um, and I think about, I have, I have a friend of mine that is an employment law uh, attorney. So a, a quick shout out to attorney Camille Rowe here in Kansas City. But this one makes me think of her. Know your rights. Know your rights. And to my fellow uh, union stewards out there, make sure that employees and your teams know their rights. In some cases, not all you all, but in some cases, favoritism goes beyond just being unpleasant and you may want to consider legal remedies. An employment lawyer can really help you explain your options if you suspect that discrimination or harassment is taking place. That is like favoritism on steroids. That's like taking favoritism to a whole nother level. Okay. Know what your rights are. Know what your rights are. And I I shared this with people. Be careful making the difference. You know, you want to make sure that you know that difference between favoritism, discrimination, and harassment. Okay, favoritism, discrimination, and harassment. So if you really think that it's gone way too far 
and you've done your due diligence and having conversations with your, your leader, you may want to talk to an employment law attorney. You may want to talk to your union stewards, you know, and say, eh, you know, and here's the thing. It's not so much just to um, get someone else in, in a legal battle, but if it's a situation that's like, uh, great leaders also ask great questions. Don't assume until you've done your due diligence as well. Okay. Know your rights. So let me, let me wrap this up for you. Here, here's what I want you to keep, keep in mind. The goal is to make your workplace more equitable. Okay. The goal is to also reinforce your sense of self worth. Okay. Two things. You want to make your workplace more equitable and you want to reinforce your sense of self worth. Okay. Those are the two big things you want to accomplish when we're talking about how do we deal with favoritism in the workplace. And this is from the employee side. Okay. Protect your career and your peace of mind from the consequences of favoritism in the office. Maintain your own professionalism. Let me say that again. Maintain your own professional standards and team spirit and focus on excelling at work. I'm Mary Ricketts to your success. Thanks for listening to this episode of Scale Up and Grow from Turning Point Training and Development. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out all of our on-demand training courses at turning-point.newzendler.com. That's turning-point.newzendler.com.